So what I love about like reviews of testimonials and where, where they fit in your business, there is immediate benefit in that they give you tools and assets to be able to leverage with the people that are considering working with you uh, through the methods that you're already doing, right? If you're networking with people, if you're generating leads, whatever you're doing, testimonials help increase the strength of your presentations, your online presence, when people go and consider you directly, right? right? But further, if you do a good job of it and you actually make it part of your business processes and do it at a high level, which most people are not doing, right? Most people are not systematic about collecting these testimonials. When you do that and you can make it a point of differentiation between you and the rest of the market, reviews and referrals can actually, you know, reviews and testimonials rather, can actually be a, a massive source of business for you that keeps that momentum going and shoot, uh, there's a phrase that I've learned in business, what you win people with, you win them too. Welcome back to Real Estate Growth Hackers. On today's episode, Charlie and I are gonna be talking about an ATM that I built for a client that I've actually built a couple of now, but not your standard ATM. This is an automatic testimonial machine allowing you to print high quality automatic testimonials that you can leverage to help you make more money, leverage in your marketing and take it even further. I'm Zach Hammer, founder of Real Estate Growth Hackers. With me, I got Charlie Madison, founder, creator, developer, realtor, jujitsu champion, all sorts of things here <laughs> to, uh, to, to talk us through this process as well. So Charlie, how are you doing today? I am excited, like you said won gold in the jujitsu tournament and i may be on a high for that for a month i don't know it was fun to hear someone say tap 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 good call good call yeah indeed so yeah so here's a little bit of context around this process so one of my clients company sisu one of the things that they're working on is that they're already doing a really good job of getting people uh to clearly you know, clearly indicate uh, when they were happy with the service by leveraging uh, net promoter score. Uh, and they had started collecting feedback in a form. Uh, but what we wanted to do is we wanted to be able to take that process and turn it into assets that CSU could use in their marketing, on their blog, et cetera. And so what we did is we went through and we built that process. So, you know, what, let me know what of that process sounds interesting to you so that I know what to dive into and we'll walk through the whole process step by step. So if I hear you right, they have clients do a net promoter score, which says on a scale of one to 10, how well have we done? Eight right. and below is really not good. Nine and 10 right. is good. And right. then when they say nine or 10, they get a form to fill out. And then that automatically becomes a written case study. How much time is involved on Sisu's part to publish the final case study. Yeah, so that's what's so awesome about this is that by the end of the process, now there is zero human effort required aside from verifying that case study looks good, looks accurate, kind of like that final polish that a human does. They may not have to change anything. They may change a few things because AI can get things wrong or you know hallucinate sometimes. But with the level of context that we provide, it actually tends to be pretty good at just sticking to what was given to it. And so, yeah, the end result is mostly a, does this look good? Does this make sense? And in their case right now, they do have a manual process of creating like a, a banner image for the blog post. 
based off of a template that was already set up in Canva. So it's mainly just dropping in the image, updating the name, you know, the name on the image and updating the title. In the long run, that could be automated too, just in terms of what systems they have set up right now. We haven't automated that portion yet. So but yeah, so in terms of time, I'd say it's probably about 15 minutes worth of time at this point. So you automatically send the net promoter score to their best clients and then at the end you get a case study from their best clients and it takes them right. 15 minutes to have a publishable asset that sounds pretty awesome <laughs> how many i mean i guess you can do as many of these as possible how do they choose who gets the client i mean which client gets the net promoter score survey and when do they get it so that's actually part of what's so powerful to me about the net promoter score is that when you tie it together with some logic on whatever tool you're using. So I've actually built this out for a separate client as well using Typeform and then anything eight or better goes to like, hey, let's get a testimonial and get you into the testimonial, or sorry, anything nine or better, let's, let's get you into the testimonial sort of flow. Anything eight or below, it actually does something else that's useful, which is where are we falling short? right? What would you want different? What do you want to improve? Because that feedback is actually useful as well. If somebody isn't happy, you want to be able to know what you could do to fix that process. And so in both cases, really you send that to everybody, right? You send it to absolutely everyone that you work with. For them, in both cases, for these two clients where I've you know set up some form of this process, it, it really it's best if it's automated, right? Where it's like, you know, these are, you know, companies that have a software solution or, or people are accessing the service through the software. And so, you know, like after a certain time makes sense. So maybe it's, if you have a software that kind of takes a little while to get in and get results, you know, figure out what is that approximate timeline. And then you would put the net promoter score in front of them at a timeline where it's like, by this time, somebody should have reasonably seen results or, or, or gotten a good experience, that sort of idea. And then you might actually continue to give that net promoter score over time to see if things are changing, if they're still getting good results after a year, et cetera. But the key thing is that is automated. So it's actually automatically displaying it to the to people, to everybody based on the usage or length of the service. You know, in, in like a, a real estate agent scenario or working in residential real estate, to me, it would make the most sense probably to have an automatic time right after you've worked with somebody where, where you get the opportunity to get that feedback and create, you know, create this sort of scenario. Uh, but even if uh, it's people that you've worked with over the years, you can actually leverage this process and get that kind of feedback, that kind of story, even after the fact. I think it's best if possible kind of in the moment live when it's closest to the transaction, but you could get some good results out of it regardless, just anybody that you've worked with. And because you have that net promoter score being the first thing, it does a couple of things for you. Uh, one, it's really easy to fill out a net promoter score. You <laughs> right? push a button. Uh, yeah, they're not presented with, uh, hey, fill out all this information for us or write a testimonial. What they're presented with first is something we call a micro-commitment, where all that they have to decide is on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely are you you know, to tell your friends and family about our service, right? Like that basic idea. I think I'm wording that question wrong, but that's the basic idea. And for most people, it's like, well, how likely am I? Well, I, I was really happy with the service. I think I'd 9, 9, 10, yeah. And then other people are like, well, I had some concerns. And they're less than nine or 10, right? right? And so, but what's cool is that by being able to say that, like anybody who rates you a nine or 10, like even if they say something negative, that negative is going to be drastically overcome by whatever positive you did. Because if they're a nine or 10 on that, they're saying, 
I think people should work with you, right? Yeah. And so that, like, that's what they're saying by doing that. And anybody less than that may be less the case. But And so what's cool is that being your first step, you can have the logic of the form actually decide where to take them next. Does it take them into a testimonial? Does it take them into feedback? So you could send it to everybody and still get a powerful result from it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so when do you guys send it uh, for your current clients? Is there a certain trigger? Yeah. So it's right now, it's depending on who's leveraging it. So for Sisu, they're able to leverage it automatically and able to have that score literally just go out based on usage of their platform. So as people are using Sisu, it will automatically pop up. I forget what software we're using for that currently, but basically after a period of time, automatically, literally while you're in the app using the app, it'll pop up the net promoter score. For the other client, they don't have the automated portion set up right now. So they're just, they're sending it out manually based on people that have like recently, you know, bought access to a training or, uh, you know, been part of a membership for a while, that sort of thing. But yeah, it, so it depends on the use case. I love automated wherever possible. And it's mainly just figuring out when is the right time to ask this and then trying to figure out the automated trigger to ask it, whether that's on a website or whether that's, you know, via email or text message, it really depends on what kind of business you have. But uh, like, there's usually a fairly clear spot where it's like, hey, by about this point, it's reasonable to expect that somebody would have had an experience that they can rate, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. And do you guys send it out through email or text? Yeah, that's a good question. So Sisu, it's happening on the website itself. I think it might also go out via email. Um, so literally you log into the website and the thing will pop up just while they're using the website. For uh, uh, for the other client, I think they're, they're sending it out via email, uh, maybe also text messages, but I think mainly just email where they're sending it out and saying, hey, uh, if you could, you know, if you could rate, rate us on this basically. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it really depends on the platform or, you know, on the platform of the use case. I think email and text for your typical, you know, real estate agent probably makes the most sense for how that process flows, but you can even, weren't going to automate it. You could even set it out via like Facebook messenger, you know, wh- whatever ways you're used to communicating with somebody, but automatically you should be able to do it via text message or email and, and get a great result. And so what's the result of them putting in this process what's happened so far yeah so at this point what we were able to do is we were able to take a backlog of these that were already filled out because like this has been rolled out over time it wasn't rolled out all at once we sort of just like most things we sort of iteratively improved the system as we were going and we knew at a base level getting that promoter score it's valuable by itself right finding out how are you doing by itself is useful so like that alone is a great micro step that's valuable even without the rest of it. Being able to point that net promoter score toward a survey where if they rate high enough saying, hey, let's collect some details, that part is making it so that, you know, just every month they're generating new testimonials come again, new results. Right now I don't have that top of mind, but I know it is. It's literally on autopilot easily another two, three, four, testimonials and your numbers are going to vary depending on the volume that you have flowing through it. Right. right? So if you're only asking one a month, you're probably going to have less than one a month come back as like a full on testimonial, unless you kind of aggressively follow up and really make sure that that you get that result. But if you've got a large amount as a backlog, you know, you could expect a pretty decent percentage of those to convert and to become those assets for you. But the key to me is that as a result, you're then able to you know, to leverage those where you have those now as assets. So 
you have the raw materials to create those case studies. You can process them into full on case study articles and that sort of thing, all, and again, all automatically. And then now you have that asset and you can leverage that asset in other places, right? So like it could be redistributed out via social media. You could leverage it further to take that asset and turn it into like a short form social post. I mean, it fits really well together with the kind of concept that you're leveraging with referrals while you sleep, for instance, right? right. Where you take what they said in that way and put that back out in front of the public as a message. Now, one of the things that stands out to me about like about this is that just like everything, there's a 80-20 rule, or as you like to say, 20-80 rule, right? Yeah. About this process where, you know, say you collect, you know, 10 testimonials, right? One of those testimonials or two of those testimonials is going to be really engaging for people. It's going to hit on all the things that actually really matter to them. It's going to appeal. It's going to get a lot of engagement. It's going to spread really well. People are going to find it exciting. And eight of them are going to be either, you know, okay, they probably don't hurt anything, but they may not be as exciting for people to read through. And so the key to me is it's less about collecting the perfect testimonial and more about collecting enough of them that you find you know, the diamonds amongst the rocks, right? Where some of them are going to perform like unicorns and be really magical for you. And others are just going to be donkeys. Yeah. <laughs> and the only way that you really find that is you, is you get enough of them and you test them. So you, you get them, you leverage them, you put them out into the world on like social media, you see which ones are getting engagement. And then that lets you continually add uh, to your mix of successful, you know, successful winning stories that you can leverage in your marketing and your stories and your ads and all that sort of idea. Yeah. So it, it could be really powerful you know what? for improving marketing that you're already doing and adding to the assets of you know, things that you might include in presentations or in ads themselves or on landing pages, whatever, right? Like finding what are the stories that actually seem to most appeal to people. Yeah. You know, what occurs to me is, you know, a lot of them are going to be donkeys, but here's the thing. Donkeys still work. You know, like exactly. Most people don't get testimonials, don't get reviews, don't have a system. I have right. gone through uh, times when I've gotten testimonials and referrals and right. like they pay off. I remember, you know, I, I had a referral from one of my favorite clients to one of their friends named Mario. And when Mario right. called me, he was over the moon to talk to me because he saw I had a Yelp review, I had Google Business right. reviews, I had Zillow reviews. Everywhere he looked, it said, Charlie's awesome. And so like he was a compliant client before we'd ever met. And, right. you know, all of my testimonials aren't awesome, but the right. number of them, you know, like that's part of Robert Cialdini. You got lots of social proof. And, right. you know, I love that idea of, you know, most people don't have any of them, so any are better right. than none. And yeah, like, right. you know, you get that one out of 10, two out of 10 that are diamonds. I mean, that's just even better. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I love, so there's, you know, right now in terms of what we have implemented uh, in the system that I've set up, there's some things that you mentioned that actually still allow for us to expand and improve uh, the results of what we're doing, right? So right now, the systems are allowing us to automatically collect the raw assets and then turn them into, you know, for one client, we're turning it into like a blog post. You know, you and I were talking before this, you know, before we turned on the recording. One of the things that's actually really useful, and this is something I've done in the past, is you can make it really easy for somebody to leave you a testimonial in the places that actually matter most to you by essentially writing it for them. 
And what's cool is that by getting the information from them in their own words, how they'd say it, what matters to them, you can write a testimonial on their behalf that will feel mostly in line with what they would say themselves and then just present that to them and say, hey, it's really useful for me to get these reviews on sites like Zillow, Yelp, Google My Business. You know, in the SaaS world, it might be like on G2, on, you know, Product Hunt, on, what's the other one that I'm forgetting? There's like a, another product review site. Is I'm it Radius? Maybe. I'm probably making um, that. There's another one that starts with a P. Anyway, but the idea is, you know, no matter what business you're in, chances are there are a handful of places where your target customer is going to look to determine, is this business, is this service, is this, you know, professional, somebody that's legit or not? And being able to get those testimonials onto those platforms really helps. The biggest reason why most people struggle with that is because, honestly, there's not a big benefit to somebody doing the work to do it for you, typically, right? It's mainly a social capital thing that they get as a result. And even when you make it as easy as possible, since there isn't a big incentive, even when people would love to leave the review, they're busy, it's not the right time, they're not in front of their computer, all of that. So the easier that you can make it, the better. And if you can literally say, like, hey, literally, copy and paste this into this platform, like, and that'll help me out a ton, like, they're like, oh yeah, I can do that. You know, that makes it drastically easier, which makes it more likely that it happens. And in the world of reviews and stuff like this, so this is part of what's interesting. Have, <laughs> I might, have I ever brought up the, uh, there's, a, there's a metaphor that works for this. So have you heard the story of, uh, you know, there's two guys in the woods, okay? And as they're hanging out in the woods, they're camping, whatever, you know, they're like just waking up in the morning, okay? And they hear sound out in the woods and lo and behold, it's a bear that's growling that starts to come after them, okay? So they take off running, right? Like they want to make sure that they're safe. And then one of the guys stops and bends down and starts putting on his running shoes. And the other guy says, what are you doing? Do you think you're gonna be able to outrun the bear? And the guy says, I don't need to outrun the bear. I need to outrun you. Right, <laughs> right. And that's the thing that people often miss in this is that any of these sites, you're not just in an arbitrary competition. Part of what you're in a competition against is who else is getting reviews? Are you getting them at the higher rate? Are you getting them, like when they go and review all the options of who they might work with. Are they seeing you compared to the people that show up right next to you having drastically more reviews? Or are they seeing you shine as a beacon, right? And here's the reality. When you do this right, you don't have to have the most reviews in order to win, right? Like it's not a necessary thing to always do that. But most of these sites, if you are the most reviewed real estate agent on Yelp, you are going to get business from Yelp, right? Like you will get people reaching. What's cool about that that business is a referral. That is not a cold lead. Yep. That is right. like you were literally right. referred by the group of your refer, you know, the testimonials and the website itself. Right. So these people, right. like they, you know, they read about you and they see you and they come to you with right. the open mind of, you know, like not all of them, but the majority right. of them will be open to you saying, you saw my testimonials. Would you like to know how we do it here? Which is what we right. want in real estate. We want people to say, this is what I want to do. How can you help me? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, like, they're, like you know, your typical Zillow lead isn't reaching out to you as an agent, right? right? Your typical Zillow lead is reaching out to, you know, to basically be able to get in a property or learn more about the property, right? Like that's what the average lead on Zillow is. But 
if somebody finds you on Zillow through their agent finder and finds you because you're the most reviewed agent in your area, that's a completely different kind of lead that's drastically higher quality. Like you said, it's a referral. It's not your average cold lead. Similarly, Google My Business, Yelp. These are places where people literally go and seek out who are the professionals that they're going to work with, and they'll do so based on review counts, the quality of those re reviews, etc. And so like, what's awesome is that, you know, I feel like it's, you know, I, I could be wrong. I feel like it's like a Chinese proverb or whatnot. Yeah, when, when is the best time to plant a tree? Today, 10 years, years ago. ago, right? 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When's the second best time? Now. Right now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So ideally you would have been collecting reviews your entire career and, and have been building up a stockpile, but shoot, the only way that you get there is by starting now and doing that process to build for the future. So what I love about like reviews of testimonials and wh where they fit in your business, there is immediate benefit in that they give you tools and assets to be able to leverage with the people that are considering working with you uh, through the methods that you're already doing, right? If you're networking with people, if you're generating leads, whatever you're doing, testimonials help increase the strength of your presentations, your online presence, when people go and consider you directly, right? right? But further, if you do a good job of it and you actually make it part of your business processes and do it at a high level, which most people are not doing, right? right. Most people are not systematic about co collecting these testimonials. When you do that and you can make it a point of differentiation between you and the rest of the market, reviews and referrals can actually, you know, reviews and testimonials rather, can actually be a, a massive source of business for you that, you know, keeps that momentum going. And shoot, uh, you know, uh, there's a phrase that I've learned in business, what you win people with, you win them too. So in that sense, if somebody came to you because of a review or testimonial, those people are actually often more likely to leave you a review or testimonial as well because they realize it was important in their journey. And so they're more likely to connect with that in the future as well. So it's one of those things that you could actually get even more momentum going by having that be a primary source of where you get business or, or, or at least a large source of where you get business. I think depending on the business, it might be hard for it to literally be a primary source. It tends to be more of a passive way of generating business and it can be a strong source of business, but it's often other methods are going to be a little bit more likely to take the lead. But anyway, I yeah, mean, does what, that all make sense? Yeah. I mean, what would happen if you got, you know, a deal a month, you know, I mean, even three right. deals in a year for a realtor, you know, that's right. 30 to 90 grand, depending on where you live, you know, maybe 15 if you're, you know, in a real small town, but still that's real right. money, you know, that you don't pay for. Right. They're probably a compliant client. And you know, right. what I love about what you've got here is the automatic machine part. Cause like you said, it's not doing a lot in the beginning, but over time. Right. And like, I, you know, in real estate, we're putting out fires all the time and you know, you got right. ups and downs. And I know me when I'm down, like I want to chill out, spend time with my kids, you know? Right. And jujitsu competition. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> and so I like the thought that, you know, of an automatic machine. And personally, I would love it to happen. If I could pick one time, it would probably be like soon as the contract is accepted. Cause that's when clients right, are the most right. excited. You know, they just got to right. buy you know, a house under contract or just got a listing under contract because a lot of times by right. the end, you know, you've dealt with the contingencies, you're ready to move, you know, so that would put, you know, that would be my one time if I was going to do it. Right. And, but I like about it being automated because right. then like it's over, you know, you build up over time because look, I mean, if you're in real estate, you're going to have a few closings a year. 
you know, you might as right. well have a system to get reviews, get testimonials. Because, I mean, you're going to be in the business five years. Like, what would happen if you got right. 25 testimonials? You know, that's right. only five a year. And I wanted to share, I've got a friend. He actually started this process about 10 years ago. And he's the most right. reviewed realtor in the world on Yelp. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and he's built his whole business and culture around it. Right. And his clients leave you know, the best reviews. They're like long, like because that's what it is. And when he meets with right. clients, he actually says, I've got three goals for this. The three R's. He said, my goal right. is for you to repeat, refer, and review. Everything right. that we do is to do that. So if we're ever not living up to that, please let me know. Because our goal is like, right. that is our goal to have such an amazing experience. And, you know, he just keeps mentioning that, keep mentioning that. And so like, that's just right. part of his client process. And um, yeah, that's powerful. He's got so many reviews, but you know, he's been doing it for 10 years and right. like, why not start today? <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I like I, I think that's really one of the big things is that, you know, any of the work that we have in business period that is important but not urgent tends to get forgotten, right? right? So we have, you know, it, it, there, there's a quadrant of tasks that you could do at, at any given point, and they exist on urgent or, you know, not urgent, important and not important, and where they fall determines, you know, the cross-section. Most often... We unfortunately spend our time in the urgent and often unimportant, but hopefully as much as possible of the urgent and important. But man, often we just forget to work on the, you know, the not urgent, but important. Shoot, sometimes we'll work on the not urgent and not important, and we should just cut that one out completely. But this is one of those tasks that isn't urgent, but it is important. It's not going to be the kind of thing that's going to make an immediate difference in your business overnight. It's going to be a, a foundation that, that builds upon itself. But as you get going, as you do it, it definitely takes on a momentum of its own for sure. And what's really cool is that with what's going on with AI and automation, and like there, there's a lot of different tools that you pull together to do this, right? Like it's a combination of things like Zapier and Make and, you know, innate and, and tools like that automate steps in the process or they're, you know, they're looking for data and then doing something with it. But then with AI coming in, into play with, you know, open AI and Claude and all these different large language models and stuff, now we can actually take you know, automated if-then statements and do processing more like a human of saying, hey, here's the context. Now I want you to write this thing based on this template. Uh, hey, we got this case study. Now I want you to take that and I want you to restructure it as a social post. I want you to restructure it as an ad. I want you to restructure it as a testimonial ready to submit to, you know, to a site like Yelp, to a site like Facebook, to a site like Google My Business, to a site like Product Hunt, etc. Right? right? And you can automate that process. And the key is to just know to think through these processes that way. And I mean, that, that, that's been part of the secret of the magic that I've been able to bring to the table, helping some of these companies is to think through what is the logical flow of a process overall. And the thing that has changed like that's always been powerful. That's always been valuable, right? Like that goes back to foundational concepts in the e-myth of being able to think through like your processes and know what they need to be in order to get the result. What's becoming so powerful is how much of that can be automated and done by software <laughs> that used to have to be done by humans. And now we're able to really allow, you know, humans to focus on the work that is most powerful, right? Like 
what are the case studies or testimonials that we should be amplifying? What, okay. you know, uh, actually taking time to reply to comments, to be present in your transactions that you show up at a high level because you're not having to spend, you know, an hour, two hours trying to get and process a testimonial that instead you have that two hours back and now you could show up at a high level when somebody needs your help, you could be present, you could be committed because you know, like the amount of time that it takes you to do the other aspects that are required in your business start becoming less and less as software is able to take care of more and more. So those areas where you do need to show up as a human, because we still don't actually like, even even if AI is able to make it feel like they're empathetic and able to make it feel like they have emotion and all that, it's very different knowing that like, hey, this other person was here ready to help me and able to show up and able to help get through this transaction, able to help provide a high level of service, able to respond to the comments, able to say happy birthday, like right. all these things that actually matter, right? That's what AI is doing in this process. It's making sure that the stuff that you don't need to happen anyway is happening effectively and allowing you as a human to show up in those areas where really it's always been the most value as a human. There's just, you know, more that you're able to do there or able to do at a higher level now. Yeah. You know, it occurs to me too, like, you know, I really believe that we're moving, you know, more from a 2080 world to a you right. know, 199 world you know, with power and automation, like, you know, right now there's, you know, 5% of agents in your area do most of the business, you know, it looks like it's going to be more of like the top one to 2%, you know, because the smart ones are going to leverage tools like this where they can consistently, they can have an automated machine that does it. And, you know, I was thinking how much would it cost if I had to hire someone to do this? You know, like, I I mean, you know, maybe you hire a VA for the email, you know, send out the form, but then you got to have a really good writer to convert it into right. a case study, you know, and then maybe right. the VA can post it. But I mean, you know, you're probably looking at 24 grand a year, you know, probably on the low end. Right. Right. And right. so like, if you're not doing it, some smart competitor will. And there is this snowball type effect, you know, because, you right. know, you'll start getting new clients that are come from the testimonial and they're more likely to provide a testimonial. The feedback right. loop means you're probably going to get more clients and the clients they refer you are probably likely to leave a testimonial. And right. so like there is this snowball that this really is a time to like really do that. And I want to know, how can I get you to do this uh, for me or or write this out so this can be done? Yeah, so that's a great question. So first off, one of the things that I'm actually working on right now is that I'm putting together a a small group of people where we are going to get together in order to start integrating these types of systems into your business. That group is going to be geared toward high-level real estate teams where we're going to meet together weekly in order to go over these kinds of concepts. This is just one of the concepts that we're working on right now. If that's something that you're interested in, reach out to us at realestategrowthhackers.com slash contact or find me on social and reach out and ask about it. We don't have a landing page or a place for you to order it. If you are interested in it, reach out, let me know <laughs> that you are and I'll, I'll connect you up to the details where we're still putting the final touches on that. So that's one way. Honestly, this is the kind of thing where I am figuring out more and more, this stuff is best done in a group environment. 
where there's some level of individual attention that might be needed for edge cases and that sort of thing. But in the group environment is where you're really best able to see what are other people doing? What's working on with that, uh, working in, in those areas? You're able to leverage that more effectively. So that's right now what we're working on. Uh, by the time this comes out, uh, that might be a little bit more dialed and we might have you know groups up and running. In the past, I've worked with people one-on-one -on -one, and that's where I've had this happen. And I'm starting to figure out my clients would actually be better served by being in amongst other people doing the same stuff at the same time. And so that's what I'm moving more toward. So yeah, if people want, that's what we're looking at offering. Right now, my thinking is that I will likely be keeping that group somewhat small. I'll have to see how that goes over time, but I don't, I, I feel like there's a balance there. I don't think, while I think a group environment is valuable for people, I think it's also potentially I need to keep the group somewhat smaller in order for everybody to be able to have time for the questions and all of that. So I already have you know, two to three people interested in something like this. I don't see something like this growing much bigger than 10 people short term, unless I figure out a great way that I feel like we could serve everybody effectively at a higher, you know, with more members than that. So yeah, if you're interested, definitely reach out and see about joining up in that group where we're diving in on implementing AI into these systems. But you know, to your point, so again, yeah, and by the way, realestategrowthhackers.com, I believe slash contact, or just go to realestategrowthhackers.com, find the contact page that allow you to get in touch with us. But to your point, like the reason why we're gonna see a consolidation, to me, it isn't just because people are using AI. The reason is that typically when people end up creating services that allow them to serve at a higher level, that the person who's actually getting the service, right? Your buyers, your sellers, that they will naturally start defaulting to the service that most consistently gets them a good outcome that they feel good about over time. The reason why, you know, Walmart, you know, dominated in the space that they're in and why Amazon is dominating in the space that they're in, which is kind of an overflow of what Walmart was providing is because at each stage, Walmart figured out how to get people cheaper prices by improving the distribution channels. They beat out Kmart at the time and, and figured out how to do distribution in a different way that allowed them to offer cheaper prices. Amazon has essentially done a similar thing where they've gotten rid of the need of the local store in order to get distribution at a high scale. And over time, what's allowing Amazon to win out is that they're meeting the needs of people as they want them, right? And so, a AI isn't like, it, it, it's not gonna allow somebody to beat you out just because they're doing more. What it's going to allow them to do is the right people are going to zero in on the things that actually allow them to service the market at a higher level than you, if you're not using it, right? Does that make sense? So it's not just about doing more and it's not just about the technology. It's that literally they are going to do a better job and people are gonna start to see that and thus, move toward the, the people that are serving at a, at a higher level. And that may not be 100% of the time, right? Like, you know, no one's going to doubt that McDonald's does not make a better hamburger than a lot of your local, you know, like local great burger restaurants. Right. But I'll tell you what, I know whether I'm going to McDonald's in the middle of Iowa in California, in New York, in Canada, and probably across the world. Wherever you I go, what... there's going to be a broken <laughs> McFlurry machine. A hundred percent. That's right. But I know what kind of burger I'm going to get when I go there. And so 
they're leveraging that consistency. And that essentially is a big part of what AI is bringing to these sorts of things, is that they're allowing you to bring consistency across the table in more aspects of your service that you can increase that service quality. And it, it won't get rid of everybody that's not leveraging AI, but it will start to take more and more of the market share and have less opportunities for those who aren't. So that's kind of the crux of it yeah. <laughs> to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you know, like I'm thinking like, all right, what is, how does this help the client? And what it does here, instead of having to spend, you know, 24,000 bucks a year or, you know, to hire a copy editor, what it does is it takes my client's experiences and creates right. a compelling, clear communication so that my future clients can read it and be like, oh, I see myself there. Because they're going to be, I mean, this is a big deal. Like, they're going to be apprehensive. You know, referrals are going to want to check me out. They're going to be nervous. And, you know, I love the quote. I read it again. You know, people are walking around with their umbilical cord begging for a place to plug it in. You know, people are dying to give away responsibility and want leadership. And what these case studies does is it says, you can relax now. You're in a good place give me your umbilical cord, you know? Right. And that just lets people relax because they don't do this all the time. They got their other stuff that they're doing. And if they, you know, know that they can relax here. So like, that's what this is doing. This is building positioning. It's building customer confidence. You know, I love thinking, you know, Jeff Bezos famous quote is he says, he's always trying to imagine what is it that customers are going to want 10 years from now? And that's what he builds his business around. He said, they're always going to want fast delivery. They're always going to want vast selection. Like he, right. And so that's what he's working on. And in real estate, what do people want? They want confidence. That's why the guaranteed offers work. You know, they want peace. They want, you know, a surety. They want the wisdom of the crowds. They want to be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm making this decision because lots of other people have done it. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so this is definitely you know part of an overall mix of a massive shift that we're seeing across business in general of all of these areas where we used to have to expend you know human capital to solve some of these problems. We're not going to get rid of needing to expend human capital, right? Like there's going to be some level of attention that humans have to put into these things in order to get the results. It's just that there is, there are portions where it used to require human creativity and now that, and now it doesn't. And so we're able to leverage that extra capacity to serve at a higher level, to put more time into polishing, put more time into editing, put more time into, into building up the higher skill set to know exactly what needs to be done at any given point, right? It reminds me of, you know, Tim Ferriss talks about, you know, the, the, the concept of speed reading. And one of the things that he learned is that you know, if you learn how to read at 2x your normal speed, that doesn't necessarily mean that what you strive to do is to read two times as many books. Instead, you will likely be best served by reading the same book twice in the same amount of time that it used to take you to read it once, and you'll retain more than you would have reading it slowly at the one time speed, right? And, And so similarly, like, part of what this allows us to do is you might spend a similar amount of time that you used to in total on these types of tasks, 
but you're able to either produce drastically more, produce at a much higher level, etc. So like sometimes it'll decrease the workload. Um, sometimes it'll just increase the quality of the workload, right? Where you move to an editing position rather than having to use your creativity to write, right? When you're comparing three different versions, you're like, oh yeah, that one's definitely better. And then that's your starting place rather than going from blank page to, you know, your first draft and then trying to reiterate, you know, iterate on your first draft. Anyway, so there's a big mix here of what's going on, and I think we're still figuring it out overall. But yeah, anybody that wants to be in the midst of those of us that are leveraging this technology, putting it to work, and trying to figure out how to make it make a difference in our business, that's what we're up to with this, with this mastermind group coaching group that I'm putting together, leveraging AI in real systems, right? Putting it to work, not just theory, but saying, hey, how do we leverage these things to make our work more effective, make our lives easier and get better results with less effort in the process. So I, I would say <laughs> if good. you want to be in the top 1% of the top 1% and you want to grow your real estate team in a way that scales, because you know, the 99 one that's going to happen with teams too, right. you know, like the best right. agents are going to go to the place that helps them get the best clients. And the way right. you get the best clients is we know all the ways. And so if you want that, if you want to be in a group that, is doing that together across the United States. Right. What's cool is you guys aren't making it up. Like you've already right. done this, which is really cool. Right. So you're walking with them through this and then they're brainstorming together and it's going to be amazing what you come up with. You know, you've been working right. with real estate teams now for longer than I've known you. So I would just recommend right. if you like what Zach has been sharing with AI show, if you don't know, go watch the others and then, Go to realestategrowthhackers.com. You need a button on there that says mastermind and reach out to him because if you're interested in that, like I want to be in on this, like th right. this is the stuff that makes the difference that makes the difference. Absolutely. Well, there you go. So that's our episode today on the ATM, the automatic testimonial machine. If that's something that you want. Hopefully this was helpful for you, give you kind of an overview of what we're doing, how we work through it, how we think through it. And if you want more help, then realestategrowthhackers.com. But otherwise, until the next time, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. And you can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.